Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It is Garen and Jordan coming to you uh, for the last time in 2023. Can you believe it? The year's already gone. Man. It's flown by. But before we jump in, I, I, I've got a little concern. You know, I gave you something last week to do, and you totally dropped the ball. It kind of feels to me like this is becoming a pandemic in this region. I don't know. There's Is there something about living close to Kansas City that- That I keep dropping the ball? That you keep dropping the ball? Like, Man, what is- I just want to put a disclaimer out there to all my Chiefs fans, friends who listen. I did not want to take the podcast this direction to start, but <laughs> Garen being a Bronco- you know, his team lost this week. So kind he's, of bitter. He's hurting. I'm hurting. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. So he's just trying <laughs> to cope right now. Yeah, but that that is something but, uh, else. I mean, it's even, it's Kelsey. It's not just Kadarius Tony. I mean, it's yeah, like. If I dropped the ball that much, I, if I ever dropped the ball that much, I want you to fire me. Okay. <laughs> it's it's all right. You can, you can let me go at that point. Oh man, the weekly Chiefs jab. Okay. We got to jump into important things because Garen, you wrapped up Nehemiah and had a really good message for us as we close things out. You talked about this phrase that maybe was new to a lot of people, second chair leadership. So before we even jump into this too much, can you just reiterate what that means and why it was worthy of our time on Sunday? Yeah, it goes back to that constellation that leadership is primarily influence and that we all can influence four ways, right? I can influence peers sideways. I can influence, I influence myself. I give leadership myself. I lead down, and that's how most people think of leadership, but I can also lead up. For a long time, I had never heard of the other three. I had only, to me, leadership was only leading down. And once I started learning them, it made a lot of sense, and especially the leading up, because I think all of us have been in places where we're not the main guy, but we want to have influence of some kind in a positive way. But I never had a def- I never had a wording for it. It, I just had never thought about it. And then I heard a guy talk about how do you lead well up? And I'm like, whoa, this is so important. Yeah. So that's why when I was going through Nehemiah, I'm like, this guy knew how to lead up. I was mm. so impressed. Yeah. So I already had that category. But that's why I was trying to share it with people is I don't know that most people think of leadership, that constellation in yeah. their mind. Right. So we think of leading down. I'm the manager. You are the worker. I'm leading down to you. Um, we can lead others. We can lead ourselves, like you said, but then leading up is this second chair leadership where when we're not the main guy, how do we still have influence Mm -hmm. and how do we support that main guy? Well, and, and it's hard to do, to do, right. It's we'll talk. I mean, we only know you as the first chair guy, but even before we jump in a little bit, yeah. Share with us any second chair stories you have. I mean, one, I've, I worked a bunch of jobs before all the way through school. And I was always in a second chair and all of that. And so in those jobs, you do that. Even when I was in my ministry with international students, I had a board above me. I had a ministry above me. Um, Didn't you say you used to work at Radio Shack? 
Yeah, I worked at Radio Shack. For the younger listeners, can you explain what that yeah, is? Yeah, Radio Shack is something like in caveman days. <laughs> they would hang like thousands of doohickeys on the wall for electronics and I used stuff. to love Radio Shack. Did you love it? Oh man, it was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Did I put myself through college doing Radio Shack stuff. So yeah, so there I was in a is that why a you're second chair. Kind is that of why position. you're still so techie these days? Because you have that like foundation of Radio Shack yeah. to build on? Well, I'll tell you the most important thing I learned in life, I learned there, which is when people would call me after they bought something and they'd say, it doesn't work. I learned the first questions that you ask is say, did you turn it on? <laughs> oh, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it works. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my key thing of life. Just, did you turn it on? Did you turn it on? So anyways, yeah. And I've, even when I was here at 12, I mean, when I was doing the international ministry, I have always had a, the church gave me an office here. They were so kind. And Al and I talked a lot about stuff. And I even had kind of a second chair role with Al that we would talk and he would ask my opinion on a lot of things. And so I, that kind of was a second chair role. I couldn't decide things for the church. He did, but I cared about the church and we would talk a lot about stuff. So that was even a mm. thing that probably most people didn't know, Yeah, but that was for me, it was and a second chair. Kind of an role. unofficial second an chair unofficial. role. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, before we get too far in, you have, I've just heard you talk about in the past, and then you kind of mentioned it yesterday a little bit about how good leaders can also be led. I've also heard you say it, that everyone is under somebody as far as leadership goes. And I've also heard you say that we're either living under authority or in authority. authority. Yeah. So talk about that concept because that kind of frames how we think about second chair leadership too. It's really important. That was the first sermon I did at 12th. That's how important it is to me. I can. I have one of two postures or orientations for life. One is I am a person in authority. I'm constantly wanting to be in authority. I want my opinion known. I'm forceful about it. I want my way. And then there's the other one, which is I'm a person that lives under authority. And that's the more biblical because the reality is, is we all live under authority. We all live under the authority of Lordship of Jesus, um, spiritual leaders in the church. I mean, there's authority. God built authority structures into the whole universe. And if I see myself primarily as somebody in authority, I'm going to tend to lead towards a lack of humility and pride. So we all need to have an idea of like, I'm under authority. And that's where that came from was the Joshua story. Remember he, he's, they're about ready to invade uh, Canaan, right? And a dude shows up with a sword Mm -hmm. and Joshua says, are you for us or against us? And he says, nope, (laughs) I'm the Lord here. Uh You're under authority. The question is, is are you for me? Mm, and yeah. so what he was setting the stage early in Jewish history is, is we have to be people that live under authority, not in authority. Yeah. Doesn't mean if, if God gives me authority, I take it. But still, even in my authority, I know that I'm responsible to Jesus. There's probably other people above me. Yeah. So that's my posture is I'm living under authority. So you would say the best first chair leaders, even if they do have a lot of power and a lot of influence, always view themselves as in authority to someone and definitely having somewhat of a humble or teachable spirit uh-huh. where, you know, someone comes against them or has a word for them. Their first reaction isn't to be defensive or to flex their their power, but rather to say, you know, I'm open to that or, you know, what do I need to be thinking about in yes. this instance beyond just what, what I think? Because yeah. I've got a Lord above and the Lord above may be wanting to speak to me through a person that's yeah. under me, so right. to speak. And so since I have a Lord above, I re- and I know I'm a sinner by nature, that I'm fallen and broken. I don't know everything. And so if I have a biblical worldview, I, yeah, that, that should bring humility to my leadership. Yeah, totally. You kind of took us 
into this place where we started thinking about, you listed it just eight ways that we can lead well from the second chair. Um, and your third one was that we would be patient. You talk about how Nehemiah waited four months for God to move before he confronted Artaxerxes and, and kind of made his request. So I have a question for you, Garen. It's not really a pushback, but it's something that I thought about yesterday and maybe others are thinking too. So what if I see myself as a first chair leader, um, but that's not where I'm at right now? What if I'm in that second chair? And and how much do I push to become a first chair leader? And how much do yeah. I just sit back? Because yep. a lot of times, you know, in these vocations that people are in, if they don't push for it, it's not going to happen. Right. So where's that line between like, I, I, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm trying to be a good second chair leader, but I want to go for the first chair because I feel like that's where I need to be. How do we live well in that tension? Yeah. Or even like I'm in an organization, it, I'm kind of feeling like I'm ready to launch to something else. Sure. Put me in a higher chair. Yeah. But do I leave this one or... Yeah. That, so to me, that goes back to the week before, the idea of vocation. And if I have inklings of that, the thing is, is I just know my heart, that the human heart is deceptive above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? So that decision has to be made in community. That's a vocational call. And that's where I go to that community, that clearness community. I'm like, I am feeling like maybe God's leading me to this thing. It's an opportunity I need some people who will really ask me hard questions to make sure my motives aren't messed up. Mm -hmm. And it's just me wanting to grab power. And um, that's that's where I feel like that comes in. Is it legitimate? It is at times legitimate for me to to move on. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a legitimate thing. I just need to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. And that's where I can't just trust myself. I need to bring in people. And you mentioned last week, not people that just are just for me. And they're like, yeah, yeah of course. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're first chair. We know it. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes a first chair needs to stay longer, but people who will ask real questions, real hard questions. Yeah. Be like, you know, I feel like mm, you need to, I feel like that is probably the right thing to do. So that's what I would say. Okay. So it's not illegitimate, but just be careful. The human art is dark and that the pride so easily, right. Oh, I'm done with this. Right. And God may still want you there for five more years. Cause he still may want to hone you. So I think it's really seeking the spirit, but in community, yeah. that's what I would say. Okay, that's good. What do you feel like? No, I think you nailed it. I think um, inviting a community into that decision as countercultural and as odd as that sounds to us is, is the move because so often things can be influencing us that we don't even realize. It can be my pride or my, you know, not that we shouldn't have ambition, but maybe you're you're ambitious more than you're like waiting for the yes, right thing. Yes. And so you got to have people speak yep. truth into right. that. So ambition's not bad. Wanting to be the first chair. That's the other thing I, I wanted to speak to. Like, I don't want anybody to get the idea that, oh, if you, to aspire to be the first chair is bad. Yes. Thank no, you. No, like it's a good thing. Yes. But the timing of it and the motivation behind it yeah. is everything. Yep. And I'm glad you brought that up. That made, that was one of my, that was the last thing that got cut was the idea is I felt like, should I say something and just say, there's nothing wrong with having first chair ambition because God had wired it into Nehemiah. It was so obvious. Right. So it's not a bad thing. It's just, you got to make sure it's God's timing and you're doing it for the right reasons. So. Yeah. And like you said, pride, man, pride, it just wiggles its way into our lives and our hearts so sneakily Yes. that so often we can be thinking, well, I want this for the right reason. And we can list off four or five reasons that are all good and fine. But if, if our like pride is underneath it and that's yeah. the driving force and it's not like the spirit of God moving right. us towards it, it's, it's something that's not going to bless yep. us long-term. And C.S. Lewis says pride is the one vice that hides itself from you. 
if I'm greedy, I know, I mean, you know, a lot of those, he says, pride is the one that actually mm-hmm. makes you think that you're not proud when you are. So that's mm-hmm. why the community is so important is really to, to dive into that and ask questions. Yeah. And call a spade a spade with that. Right. Yep. Cause our friends could probably see yep. it. Great Easier question. We could. Cool. Okay. Hey, the next two on the list, four and five, you know, we're going to do this every one, but a couple really stood out. So four is, you know, we lead well by building a trusting relationship with our first chair. And the number five was that we be respectful at all times as the second chair. Um, you mentioned to me afterwards that those are probably the two hardest for us uh-huh. as a second chair to really build a trusting relationship with your first chair. So the one over you, and then to also just be respectful of them at all times. Talk about why those two might be the yeah. hardest the, for to us. To me, the first one is I can, like, I could probably do a lot of reading and I could find 20 things to build trust. So be on time, do what you say you're going to do, da da but to me, it's building a trusting. In fact, I said building a genuinely trusting relationship. Mm. Can you build a relationship with that person? They may not want it, but am I working at it? Am I actually not just trying to have trust by being the right kind of person, but do I? am I trying to actually get to know them and to care about what they care about? I may not agree with everything, but do I really understand what makes them tick? Because if you know that deeply, then I think you, that people know when you really care about them, right? Yeah. So I think it's, it's not just, I'm going to build trust by being honest. No, it's, I'm going to build tr- a trusting relationship. I'm going to actually try to get to know them and invest in them as an individual and love them in a unique way that maybe a lot of people under them don't. Because you've heard it all the time. It is lonely at the top. And the mm. higher you get, the more you feel that. Yeah. And it's amazing. Sometimes I'll be talking with people and I ask a lot of questions when I meet people. And occasionally I'll meet somebody and they're like, I want to ask you questions. And I'm like, Hardly anybody does that. Oh, huh. right. Yeah. Cause you feel that I'm, I, and I do care about people. It's the rare person who's like, can I ask you questions? How are you doing? What's hard for you right now? And when people do that, I'm always like, that is a, I'll, I'll even tell you one of them. Cause I love them so much. Steve Lowen does that with me. When Steve Lowen and I meet, he asks me as much about how I am as I ask about how he is. Hmm. And because he cares. And so that's kind of what's a little bit, I didn't go into that detail, but. You probably get asked a lot of why questions. Why is this this way? You, you probably don't get asked a lot of how questions. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, how are right. things? Yes. So I never thought about that. Okay. So okay. build so a genuinely a trusting relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the next one, you know, being respectful at all times. Why is that one of the hardest ones? Because our culture, more and more, isn't our culture that way? I mean, look at, if you watch late night TV, the way they raz like people in power, you, I mean, two gen, one generation ago, even like you didn't cross those lines. Mm-hmm. There is so much, I feel like a lack of respect, um, even for national leaders. Pat and I talked about this on the way home that sometimes I hear Christians talk about national leaders in a way that I feel like are really disrespectful. Yeah. And scripture is so clear on this, right? Yeah. And if you can't, Jesus says, if you can't do it with this, you know, if you can't do it with that, when, why are you going to be respectful with this position? That respect has to run through everything. And if I, I don't know, that's, I just feel like we need to respect, be respectful authority. And I think the fact that Peter says, you respect the emperor and you honor the emperor yeah. and that it was Nero, the right. worst emperor who was Man. killing Christians, yeah, right? Who was, put, who, was in, who was impaling them in his gardens and having parties and they're the torches. And Peter says, you respect and honor that guy. Yeah, That shows how much God, this authority thing is important to God. But so often as Christians, we feel validated, not just like with political figures that are elevated, but like anybody who's over us who maybe is anti-Christian or doesn't see life we do. 
the way we do, we feel so validated and like coming against them or talking yes. about uh-huh. them. Uh, and it's like, man, if you go back and read exactly what you just said, pff, Nero was running circles around these people, yes. you know, as far as how evil he was yes. towards Christians and yes. the call was still for respect yeah. and honor. So that's pretty really crazy. Yeah. yeah. And again, so, and I think we just live in a culture. It's question every, everything. There's nothing wrong with sharing with a leader. Like I have a concern about this or this, but sometimes most people are respectful, but sometimes there's a sense of like, and I know the way, and if you don't do it, you can just feel that. And there's a difference. I'm, I'm not going to be happy and you're going to feel it kind of thing. That's, yeah. that's not a respectful way of approaching your first chair. And there's a, there's a real difference between confrontation and concern and disrespect and dishonor, right? Which yeah. is, I feel like another thing that our culture has lost in yes. this moment. Yes. You know, that I, there's no way for me to come to you respectfully if right. I disagree with you. Yes. I just have to write you off. And that's just so not true. Yeah, Exactly. So I feel that's why those were kind of the two that I spent the most time on because I really feel like our culture is not good at those things. Yeah. And and also I've heard all the time, respect the position. You don't have to respect the person, but respect the position. That is such a non-Jesus way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Okay, they may not be the greatest first leaders because everybody's human and broken. Some are really bad, but I still, they're created in the image of God. They have the stamp of his yeah. image on them. Jesus died for them. Jesus wants, desperately wants to save them. They deserve my respect as a person. I think that our first chair leaders are some of the easiest people in our lives to dehumanize. Yes. You know? Yeah. To boil them down to one opinion or one viewpoint or one thing that, one mistake they made. Yep, one mistake they made and that defines everything about exactly, them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They're no longer a human who I am called to love and be a restorer to and, yeah. and walk alongside and be a co-labor with. It's like, well, they're just this person who made this mistake. So yeah, that's a challenge for all of us, I think. The next one, number six, you said to be wise with your words. And you talked about how Nehemiah was, and this is so cool. I'm so glad you pointed this out, but he was so careful with his language towards Artaxerxes, right? Referring to Jerusalem, he called it the city. Um, He talked about how his ancestors were buried there and he knew that was a high value thing for him. So Garen, my question is this, where is that line between being wise and how we talk to somebody and manipulating them. Because knowing this, it almost seems like Nehemiah is being a little bit manipulative. He knows if he says the right words, he's going to get the right outcome. So tell me how that's not manipulation and talk about that line. Yeah, and it is a fine line. It. And what I would say is, is what I know about Nehemiah is number seven and eight, which to me helped define this. If, because he was a, he had a servant posture towards everybody not just towards Artaxerxes, but all of his leadership, we continually see him promoting other people, right? So he was a servant leader and he lived sacrificially. And so if you're a servant and you're willing to sacrifice for your first chair, that his agenda really is the most important, then you can be wise with your words. You want to give influence. You're leading up. You're like, I probably should say it better this way if I want him to hear me. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, I only want what I want, and so I'm going to twist my words in whatever way to get what I want, that's manipulation. And that's a lack of serving and sacrifice. But if yeah. I have a servant's heart, and a sacrificial heart, like he's got, he's carrying the ball. He sees things I don't. I get that. I want to influence. Hmm, it's probably better to talk to him this way. He's a Chiefs fan. I'll just say, hey, how was the Chiefs game? Instead of talking about the Broncos ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But it's not to manipulate. It's, you know, I'm just, I want to speak to his heart. But I'm still trusting him with the agenda. And if I don't get what I want, that's okay. Yeah. So then I'm not into manipulation. But if right. I'm, if it's like all I care about is what I want, then I'm not being a servant. I'm okay. not being sacrificial, and my words can become manipulative. So Nehemiah was being wise for the good of his people, for the yes. good of Israel, for the good of God's vision. It wasn't for his own 
personal gain. Yeah. He's not, he's not saying these things so that he can overtake Artaxerxes and hold the throne. Yeah. It's because there's something bigger than him happening. And so he's just trying to be wise about how to make it yeah. happen. And he did care. We, I didn't even mention this yesterday, but he, remember it says in chapter two, I set a time to come back. We had chapter 13. He went back. Mm-hmm. He did care about Artaxerxes and it wasn't just Jerusalem and it wasn't yeah. just his vision. He actually went back to his old job. And so he, he really did care about Artaxerxes. He cared about his job. He cared about what was going on in the Persian Empire. Yeah. That's why I trust he wasn't being manipulative, just being wise with right. his words. It's like on my credit card statement when I have to turn it into the church. Um, you know, I don't write down that I bought KU basketball tickets for me and my friends. I write down athletically centered fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not manipulation, Gary. Yeah, that's that's not, just being wise. Because it's yeah. Because that won't flag anything if I write it down like that. So, <laughs> but if somebody wrote uh, Kansas City Chiefs fellowship, oh, well, that okay, obviously then. crosses it's, the line into manipulation, right? Oh, uh, just by the nature. I was going to say that's good. Oh, that's also yeah, because everyone's a Chiefs fan here, okay. so they're oh. they'd be okay with it. We'd take it to the finance committee, and they'd be like, "I don't see any issues <laughs> okay. with this. Why didn't you get better seats?" <laughs> <laughs> what are you sitting all the way up there for? <laughs> okay, so let me read these eight things really quickly because as you went through each step of leading well, it just reminded me of somebody. So the first one is that they keep first things first. God is always first. That they trust God above others. That they are patient. That they uh, build a trusting relationship with the the first chair. They're respectful at all times. That they're wise with their words that they truly serve the first chair and that they serve the first chair sacrificially even. And you brought John the Baptist that he's the ultimate second chair. And I agree totally, but man, I just- You're going to trump me, aren't you? I, I am. I'm going to bring the Sunday school answer You're going to bring the Sunday school answer. But man, this is just Jesus, right? Like he does this so well. Yeah. All yep. these things and the way that he submits to the will of the father, that he's dependent on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like Jesus just embodies these. And we see in Nehemiah doing it. But what is Nehemiah? Ultimately, he's an arrow pointing us towards the Messiah. Towards the and greater so second chair. Jesus does these eight yeah. even better than yeah. Nehemiah does. That's great. And so if we're if we're trying to live into the heart of Jesus, like we're doing these eight yeah. as well. Right? And that's why three times yesterday on three of those, I said, this is the way of Jesus. That's a little bit of what I was saying. Yeah. Like this, yeah, he modeled it. And you're right. He is the greatest that's Second what, chair. That's what make, I mean, we talk about how lovable Nehemiah is and how we look up to him. Man, how easy is it to follow Jesus when this is his second yeah, chair leadership, right. you know? Yeah. The way that he wasn't after his own good, that he didn't defend himself when people came against him, um, when he just submitted to the will of the Father. Like, man, that's somebody that I'll follow anywhere because of the way that they lead. Yeah. So. I mean, even so when the Father sent him, to, if we tie it to last week and the Father says, son, by the way, I'm sending you for 30 years in obscurity in a village of 300 people. Nobody's going to know who you are. And then for three years, you're going to be in the limelight for three, 30, what, three hours of purpose. And he's like, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll take 30 years of obscurity because I'm here to serve you and I'm here to sacrifice. I mean, what a, what a second chair, right? Yep. What a second chair. So easy to follow. Um, Garen, you talked about how the second chair is actually a gift. Yes. How it's a stewardship. How yes. sometimes there might be somebody out there or maybe even in your life or in my life, it's easy to say, ugh, yes. I'm second chair. Yep. That's just second best. Yeah. And to be dissatisfied with it. But you said it's actually a gift. It is a gift. And it's actually a stewardship. Mm-hmm. So can you talk just really briefly about why that is? Yeah. Because if I see it as the ugh, then 
then I see it negatively, but God wants me to see it positively. And it's like, I've stewarded that to you. That's a gift. It's not garbage. It's a gift like the idolatry thing. We Mm -hmm. swing to those opposite poles. He's like, that's a gift. And if I believe that, then I will steward it well. Mm -hmm. And And that's why I was just trying to give, cast some vision. Like one, that gives you a chance to hone skills that you may need if you're in a first chair, or even if not, they translate into all of life. And that actually second chairs influence first chairs, I think, more than they know. And that you actually are put there to help and to help actually equip and enable them and to help their vision come out. And that that's actually a very honorable thing, but a lot, I don't think a lot of people think that way. So I'm like, so lean into that, encourage them and, you know, be, be there with them and do everything you can to support them. That's a gift. It's not a curse. So. Yeah. And you said even it's a good, uh, kind of a playground to hone your own skills. Yes. Right. And the pressure's not on you yeah. and the spotlight's not on you, yep. but you can still gain a lot of skills from your first chair if you have yep. a good one and yep. you can still work on things so that one day when you are in charge, you've had time to work through some yeah. of that stuff. Or the humility that I'm not, what I suggest isn't always taken and isn't always done. It creates sure. a humility. Yeah, then yeah, when you yeah, get yeah. in that position, you're like, you know what? I don't have to have everything I want done. So I'll listen to the people. Well, it can go one of two me. ways, right? Like it could create this bitterness. That's I'm true. Like, well, it now can. we're going to do it my way. Yeah. But hopefully if the Holy Spirit's That's at right. home, we're not developing that. So can I say one thing about that that I also didn't say? I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I've talked to some second chairs and something I learned a long time ago is the values I bring into my leadership are, I've got positive values. Like I've lived under good leaders and I'm like, I love the way they did that. I love, sorry about that. I love the way they did that. I love the way they did that. And I'm going to lead that way. But some of our deepest values also come from experiences under not the best first chairs. And you're like, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. Hmm. And those actually become values. And what I've learned was is some of the strongest values you have in life are negative. Our values that come out of negative experiences. So again, live into that. That's okay. God has you there and you're going to learn things in it both positive and negative that actually can have major impact on you in the That's future. That's such a good point that when we have negative experiences with first chairs, it so often can be formative for us in a good way. Yes, in a good way. You know, it's kind of like how sometimes when we were parented a certain way, yes. we're like, man, I now see that I never want to do that thing. Yes. Or I want to be better at this. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy to just wallow in that and be like, man, I really hated that. But if we can grow from it, whew, that's a that's a good thing. Yeah. Cool. I just I just saw who called. Uh, oh. That's a Chiefs fan who wasn't too happy oh, with man. my thing at the very yeah, beginning we're live about right dropped, now. Yeah. yeah, dropping. So where are they going balls. to church now? So I'll I don't know. In a minute, I'll open it and I'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. But uh, <laughs> that's funny. Anyways, okay. Uh, as we wrap up here, oh, I was going to say stewardship, and you didn't mention Lord of the Rings, man. Can you believe it? Who's it, Boromir or who is that guy? Yeah, the guy of Gondor, uh, yeah. Denethor. Denethor, yeah. yeah. Who, again, yeah, was so negative, and so he wouldn't steward well what he had, right. and it totally deteriorated. When I heard stewardship and I saw it on the slide, I was like, oh, Lord of the Rings, but I really, I didn't get very far on my gear and bingo card yesterday. I know. I, no. I've been kind of, Man, I've been lax lately. I think it's because we showed you the bingo card, so you're avoiding the squares now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, now I'm- you're like, Nobody's winning this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, you wrapped it up by talking about first chair because we've been talking about second chair and how to, how to lead well from that. But then you kind of had a quick word for those who are in the first chair and how to lead well. Um, you listed off a lot of things we're not going to go through, but why did you include that? Did you feel like you said everything you wanted to? And um, yeah, just talk about the first chair I think for I a clu- sec. Clue because number one, we've all been under first chairs that we felt like didn't care about us, were controlling, felt threatened by us. Cool. weren't investing in us, right? Weren't trying to develop us. Welcome to my life. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, like you right now. 
And um, and if you're in a first chair, you also know your own heart and you know where sin wants to take you. You yeah. know when you're walking in the spirit where you go, when you're not where you go. And I'm like, I've got to speak to this because I've got to, I've got to ask these questions about myself all the time. And we need to get those out in front of the first. So I wanted first chairs asking the question, are you leading well hmm, Yeah. as a first chair? And kind of given those like six things that the posture of a good first chair and the three things that undermine being a good first chair. So I was just kind of at the end trying to, I wanted to speak to first chairs because we've got a lot of them here at 12. Yeah, we do. We do. And when you have good first chair leadership, um, you know, you want to harness that and, and speak to it well so they can really maximize their influence where they're at and their kind of sphere of influence, Yep. you know? So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then at the very end, you talked about living well as that first chair. You talked about, I'm going to ask you about these. So we're going to talk about it for a second. So stewardship, humility, having a multiplication mindset, having abundance mentality and trusting in God fully. Garen, you're a first chair. Which of those strengths comes most naturally to you? Um, can I tell you the hard one? Sure. Tell me the hard one. I can struggle with a scarcity mentality. Yeah, and when yeah. you have a scarcity mentality, you don't want to multiply. Sure, because you want to keep things tight, control. I was trying so, to set you up to look like the hero. Look to there. look like the hero. But that's what a good first yeah. chair does. He, I just know that he rejects that's, that. that's my bent, and I'm okay. working on that all the time. Yeah, um, I feel feel very strongly though the stewardship issue, because again, I this this. If if I as a first chair I'm a steward, what that means is I'm living under authority. I yeah. know that there's somebody even above me, and it's my Lord God who gave that to me, and He's like, "You do it in the way of Jesus." Right. So that that's probably I very much feel that way. Just I try to make that abundance, not that scarcity, not affect my leadership, but that's well, the thing you, I'm, you, I struggle with. You so. even display like you yes, you are under the authority of God, but also just in the church structure, you display well to me and to others on staff and. Others who just see this, well, I mean, you don't have, I don't know what people know about the leadership structure at 12th, but you're not like a dictator figure where you have the ability to change anything. You are also literally under authority of the deacons, right? Yeah. And so like uh you, I've seen you live well under that and take what they say and go with that well. So you're not only, you know, casting vision and, and getting some of your things accomplished, but you're living well under authority, which is a good example for the rest of us to watch too. Yeah, if I started doing teaching whack things or doing whack things, they have the authority above me to say no or you're done or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately I'm under the father, you know, as a shepherd, Peter says, I'm under the great shepherd, which is Jesus. And so we're both stewards. If I'm a second chair, I'm a steward. If I'm a first chair, I'm a steward. Yeah. That's a good mentality. And then you, you talked about what undermines good first chair leadership. So you said pride, fear, control. If you had a, a real weakness at one of those, where would you put that? Do you think? I've always, my whole life, control has been of my deep idols. Um, really? Yeah. My two big ones are what people think about me, right? Okay, yeah. I want to be loved. Sure. And control. Um, wow. Because, Garen, you're so not a controlling leader, so I wouldn't have Because you're looking that. at me after a lot of years of wrestling with God and, mm. and desperately pleading with him to remove that from me, mm. but it can still come up. And I'm, it's, that's why I was reading that book on control. I recommended it last about six months ago Yeah, because that has always been one of my deep idols. And yeah. so now I've, yeah, that's one of those things I've for years have been Lord, like, Lord, transform me in this, make me more like you. And I'm not perfect, but I'm on yeah. a journey. You should have seen me 40 years ago. Karen, I think that brings up a great point. And we can kind of end it on this. I think we look, we, you talked to us about leadership and we see you who 
you're a human and you make mistakes, but you're, you are a really good leader in a lot of ways. And it might be disheartening to say, well, man, Garen is such a natural leader. He's so good. How could I ever be that way? And you just brought a good point that you've been poured into and you've read books and you've had God whittling away at your sin and your flesh for how many years? And so like we, if we're younger and we aspire to leadership, it's okay that we're not where you are right now because we're still in the thick of it and God's still mm-hmm. really molding us in big ways. So um, even if we're reading these things off and you just feel defeated by a lot of it and you're like, I struggle with literally every single one of those. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're not meant for leadership. Yeah. You're just at a, at a phase where you're still being really formed by God right now. I think all of us are there on, are. on some level, mm-hmm. but it's easy to see you from the front and you lead so well and display these things so well. Um, just remember that you've been at this for a long time. So Yeah, and if you feel that way, there's times I feel that way. Like, mm. I shouldn't even be doing what I'm doing, Lord. But he's put me in a place, and he puts all of us in a place, and I can't focus on that. But you got to be like, Lord, make me more like you. I want to become more like you, and I want to lead well and reflect you. So. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's what we've got. So like we said, this is our last one of the year. And um, next year is, not next year, next week is Christmas, so we're going to take it off. We're both doing different things and aren't going to be able to record. So we'll take it off and then hit it hard that first week of 2024. So anything to, to close things out? Uh, we're closing the book on Nehemiah, Garen. I know, which so is it's like, almost sad. I feel like we're saying goodbye sad. to an old friend. Yeah. I mean, when you first announced this months ago, I was like, oh boy, it's going to be a, a marathon. But it, it's been so good and I'm going to miss it. So yeah, close the book on Nehemiah and send us out well. Yeah, close. I, I I think just the thing you and I've said is when we're when we show up in heaven. I said a first service, not second, or I don't remember which. You and I are going to be in the Nehemiah line, not the Paul mm-hmm. line. Not, we'll get eventually to Moses and Paul, but uh, Nehemiah is going to be one of our first guys. We're going to go, yeah, and talk to cause this. This book was way richer than I thought it would be, and he is such a more he's such a deeper and more dynamic character than I ever I ever knew. So thank you for bringing this to us, Karen. Yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> I know you've got people in your ear telling you to preach on different things. So this was not time wasted being in Nehemiah. This was really good for a lot of us. So appreciate it. Okay, guys, that is it for 23. We will see you next year. Have a great Christmas and uh, we'll see you soon.